Good evening. Welcome to another edition of VP Live Talk Radio. This is what's going on this evening. There is going to be no Dino this evening. What we're going to do is I recorded an interview with Oliver. Oliver is the owner of ECF. He also writes blogs for vaping.info, which are, I'm sorry, vaping.info, vaping.com, which are fantastic blogs. You should check them out sometime. I had an interview with him this afternoon. I want to play it. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long. We talk about deeming regulations. We talk about uh, stores mixing e-liquid in their stores. Uh, we talk about marketing to children. We talk about all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just a great, great interview I did with him. And I really respect Oliver's opinion. You know, he's been vaping for, God, seven years now, owns the largest e-cigarette forum on the planet. He is very, very involved with advocacy, not just where he is in the UK, but really around the world. And uh, it's a good interview. So I'm going to play the interview for you now. And next week, Dino and I will be back. I actually, during part of the interview, talk about the whole thing that's going on with Lost Art liquids and they're getting all this flack for their labels and everything that's going on with that. I actually contacted them and they got back to me. They actually sent me a pretty lengthy, long email, and they certainly had a lot to say. So I'm working on getting them on the show next Sunday. I'm hopefully pretty sure I can get them on. It's, I'd say we're 70% there. They definitely want to talk. They're definitely upset with all the flack they're getting. They definitely have a lot to say. And hopefully we can have them on next Sunday to talk to them about what's going on with the uh, labeling and everything else and all the shit that's going on. But right now, I'm going to play for you the interview I did with Oliver from ECF, and here we go. I have a very special guest with me, someone we haven't had on the show in uh, quite a while. His name is Oliver. Oliver is the owner of E-Cigarette Forum. For those of you that don't know, that may be newer vapors, E-Cigarette Forum is the largest most active forum on the planet. I know people out there say otherwise about other sites. They are lying, but we're not here <laughs> to discuss ECF. But actually, real quick, I just want to say something about mm. ECF. Uh, I have to bring this up because I just saw it recently. You actually changed ECF. You don't, whatever form software you used before, you don't use anymore. It's, it's like a whole new form. And I have to say, it is much better, it is much cleaner. The using ECF on your phone is fantastic. It's it's yeah. much easier to use now than it was before, and yeah. it really is a big improvement. It's very hard to take a form that big and kind of put it in a way where it's easy for people to like you know navigate and understand. Mm-hmm. And you did it. I don't know how, but somehow you did it with a new form. It's wonderful. Well, dude, it was a huge process. Uh, it's a sort of six month project that we did did in about th- three months because um, we're, we're we're a little bit perfectionistic, I think, and we uh, uh, we we insisted that we were going to get everything absolutely right, so people's avatars co- copied over, you know, all, all the blogs, absolutely everything that was on the old site. But we had to do it partly because you know we were on a legacy piece of software really before. Uh, so you know the time had come to move 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 platforms, but also that that piece of software was just beginning to show a few security holes, and we weren't happy with with, with how it was being maintained. So we um, took the decision at the end of last year to to migrate onto Zenforo, which is a fantastic piece of software, and yeah, we got it done. Um, yeah, you got it done. It's wonderful. It really yeah. is. I I always wonder like how is he going to take all of that and kind of put it together and, and make it easy to. I, I always thought there's just no way it's not going to happen, but you guys did it. I mean, it looks wonderful. 
So, uh, yeah, but we're not here to talk about ECF. I have Oliver on. Well, I had to mention it, though, because you did a good job. But we have Oliver on because there's there's really one main reason I have Oliver on. Oliver has been vaping, what, since 2008, 2007? Mm -hmm. I mean, you've been vaping a very, very long time. Oliver has also been very involved in activism, whether it's in the United States and Europe, uh, you know, UK, of course, where he is, around the world. He's really very, very heavily involved in activism. He follows everything that goes on. He goes to a lot of these conferences that happen around the world. And uh, he's very, very versed in knowledge when it comes to, to regulations, whether it's here, uh, Europe, I mean, pretty much anywhere. And there's been a lot of talk this week, at least here in the United States, about, well, number one, the deeming regulations, because the yeah. deeming, they're coming. I mean, are yep. they going to come? Uh, in June, I don't think so, but I think they will follow very, very shortly. I think that they cannot wait anymore. Um, I think they will come probably sometime in July at the latest August. They will be here this summer. And people have been really guessing at this point because it's all just assumptions and guesses on what they think it's going to be. So I wanted to, uh, number one, talk about this this, uh, this topic, the deeming regulations, and get your thoughts on it. I was yep. actually talking to Russ. I, I was on his show uh, the other mm-hmm. night. The other <clears> night, and uh, you know, he was giving his opinion of the regulations. It was interesting. He feels like what they're going to do is just pretty much target the nicotine, just make it so difficult that we just can't get unless you're big tobacco that we're not going to be able to get nicotine anymore. It's a it's a great solution. It can pretty much wipe out any uh you know e-liquid with nicotine in it around it could pretty much wipe us out pretty much and, and keep big tobacco going um i don't know the more and more i listen to him the more and more i'm thinking that's a possibility um and it could be done he's right they don't have to make new rules or regulations for it they could just use the ones that already exist um I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the regulations, number one? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Because you've been following this. Well, okay. Well, let let me just start with that. I mean, that's kind of skipping ahead because really we're talking about um, enforcement there. Yes. You know, the the main thing, of course, that's that's raised as a a red flag is what happens if the FDA comes in with a deeming rule that is, you know, essentially bans everything? Uh, And the argument is, uh, well, hmm. It's a pain in the ass for everybody, but actually, you know, it's too big now. It's too much out of the bottle, uh, and the FDA won't have the resources to um, to, to to shut it down because it, you know, it, and I think it's fair to say that it wouldn't have the resources to shut it down. So I guess what Russ is talking about is what would be the logical way for the FDA to kind of, um, you know, uh, get in there at, at, at the weakest point. Um, and yeah, I, I see. I see his point. I, I've often thought that um, the tobacco industry <clears throat> could shut things down if it wanted to by by making uh, offers to to various people. But I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, the tobacco growing industry is absolutely huge. I mean, you can get tobacco farm farming exists across the world, and you only need a very small amount of tobacco leaf to make pretty decent amounts of nicotine. So, you know, I don't necessarily think it would be that effective a solution. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I understand what he was saying. I mean, the thing is, is I don't – I was thinking before maybe they were going to come up with all these rules and then we could sue and blah, blah, blah. 
um, you know, I never thought about, and again, we, I was learning this on the show the other day, I never thought about the aspect of if they just used the current existing rules, tobacco, mm-hmm. uh, rules that already exist uh, with things under a tobacco product. If they use those rules, then we couldn't sue them. These are things that already exist. Mm. So, you know, I... <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, the, you know, the, I have, a, I have a sense that there's, there's, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of um, uh, legislative power um, that, that that's sort of sitting on the statute books that, that perhaps we haven't yet come across that that could be problematic in the future. One one of the ones I'm particularly worried about is uh, the U.S. post postal office. Um, you know, because as soon as this is deemed a tobacco product, you, you've got an issue there where they have the interstate. Um, prohibitions on, 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 on tobacco trade and um, although I, th- I believe that that specifically uh, uh, describes uh, leaf tobacco and, and smoke tobacco but you know these things are probably quite easy to change um, so so you might find that the uh, you know it's not with respect to delivering uh, e-cigs right it's not so much a problem uh, as regards to the deeming regulations but it might be a problem uh, as regards to the fact that it's now in a tobacco category, and it's a very easy small change for, say, the USP, um, uh, sorry, the, uh, the the US Postal Office to to just make that small change. Right, right, exactly. And you know, I, I was thinking about what he was saying. I mean, so pretty much, let, let's say, because I don't, I don't think they're going to touch devices at all. I don't think they're going to touch e-cig- the actual e-cigarettes, the mods, the the addies. I, I don't think they care about that. I think they're only going to target the e-liquid. Let's say they do what we Russ was talking about and pretty much just make it so we can't get nicotine at all. Um, I don't even think they're going to touch the liquid. I think, okay, so, so let's say they just touch the nicotine. Well, then it's, it's going to be – well, number one. Okay, let's go to number one. Number one, there's going to be a huge black market, humongous. You're going to have dealers selling e-liquid with nicotine in it like they sell marijuana here. I mean, that's just going to happen. Or there's just, they'll just sell straight nicotine. I mean, any way you look at it, there's going to be a black market. Uh, vape shops, in a sense, would almost become like like head shops here. Here you have these head shops, right, where they sell like bongs and bowls and, and stuff to use marijuana. Now, uh-huh. according to law, they can't say that. They have to say it's for tobacco use. Nobody in the world's buying a bong and using it to smoke tobacco. Sure, so, sure. so, yeah, they, they, in a sense, it would almost be like vape shops would be like head shops where you go and you buy your stuff to use your illegal e-liquid <laughs> you know because the look because you're gonna have dealers selling e-liquid or selling nicotine so people can make it i mean there's gonna be a black market and they have to consider that i know they have to consider that so i they just do they, 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 they do but can i can i just make another point because there's the, the there's you know i've come across various interesting perspective reason perspectives recently yes um and it, in the end what I what I think the FDA is where they are most hamstrung is that they are trying to build a regulation, or at least Mitch Zell is trying to build a regulation that is science based. Um, the problem is that what they're looking at here is the number of people that are are migrating onto to vaping. And by the way, this this is something perhaps people don't necessarily realise. Um, the FDA does have in its possession uh, a set of data. Um, which isn't released yet. It will be released next year. This is the PATH study. This is a massive project. This is a $117 million 
project. Uh, mm-hmm. Up to now, the UK has has been has 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 had the the, the best picture of smoking behaviour in the world of, of, of British people, uh, but the US the US is going to surpass that uh, with this huge, uh, essentially one year study. Um, mapping changes over twelve months to try and find out what's you know causing causing various changes. Anyway, so they got the first lot of data in from uh, from last year. Nobody knows exactly what it says, but you know what? Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that America is any any different to say France or, or the UK. And we do know that that vaping is having a big impact over here. So what? we know the FDA has in its possession now is a set of population level data that's already showing a big impact. Um, and it's just very, very bad timing that, uh, that it's not going to report in full to next until 2016 when the second lot of data comes in. But, you know, the FDA will therefore be looking at this and say, well, w- what is it about this, uh, e that, that is causing the, uh, the, the, the uh, the shift in behavior that's getting people to move on to e-cigs. The problem is all of the T-Core centers and the various uh, pieces of science that's been funded out of the, uh, the T-Core's budgets really isn't looking at the sort of wider phenomenon. They're just looking at, at uh, you know, the health impacts of, of e-cigs and so on. Um, and my real concern is that they are going to miss the wider kind of sociocultural stuff that, that that's propelling this forward. You know, I the, the, so when I've when I've met with people, the the, the main thing people are concerned about is you know, obviously the child uh, friendly flavors or, or whatever the, the term is, um, and the degree to which adolescents are using it and the marketing and so on. Um, but they, they've done absolutely no science on this at all. They've done none. They, they have no idea what appeals to, to, to children, what, what causes children to vape. Um, and that is the primary concern. But I think also the one of the main concerns, and, and you're right, the, the, the marketing to children thing is huge. That is, I mean, at least here, it's absolutely huge. Yeah. But the other thing that's big that I don't hear anybody discussing, which is another huge issue is they say, we don't know the long-term effects. We don't know. Yeah, maybe now you're fine, but you know what? In 20 years from now, we could discover that this is causing some sort of cancer. God knows what. It's Their other big argument is the long-term effects. And we yeah. have no way to show those yet. And they so everybody's missing that point. It's not just marketing to children. I, I think that's the other major issue. How do we counteract when they go, you don't know the long-term effects of this? You know, yeah, but, yeah. How- you're right. You're, you're right. Um, there's a very easy rebuttal to that, of course, which is to say um, this isn't like cigarettes, which is, you know, I, mean, I, know, I know cigarettes, uh, obviously different tobacco blends vary, but it's, it, they, they vary in a very trivial fashion ultimately c- cigarettes are pr- a pretty homogenous thing and ultimately it's something you you you, you ignite and you inhale a, a smoke uh, e-cigs are not like that e-cigs are a technology um uh, e-cigs can be made in a, a, a thousand and one different ways um so if we start detecting problems it can be changed uh that that's the bottom line so it you know w- when they say we don't know the long-term effects. Well, that's obviously true. We don't know the long-term effects of 
anything, you know, we really don't. Um, anything new on the market, uh, it, it, it's a kind of fatuous thing to say. Do, do we have any particular reason to worry about the long-term effects? Yeah, well, in some cases we do. So diacetyl is, is, is one that, that, yeah, for sure we need to worry about that. And perhaps some other uh, ingredients uh, as well, like, uh, you know, cinnamaldehyde and, and, and uh, a couple of other uh, compounds. Um, but, you know, it's fine. We, we, we just, part of the regulations will be, I hope, um, sensible, stewardship of the uh, of the of the ingredients uh, but the but the point is not to do it suddenly because you don't need to why why disrupt a market that's doing very well why not just you know take your time get the science in and roll things out very very gradually continue building the evidence base um now i've no idea whether or not that's what mitch zeller intends to do he speaks as if it is i mean i i i, I um i met him at the fdli Yes. And I spoke to him, um, uh, uh, sorry, and I, I saw him present twice. So, and, and it was interesting to, to hear him speaking to two different audiences, very different audiences, the other one being um, uh, Safata's annual conference. Yes. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, he, uh, he's, he's an astute politician. He, he knows when to shut up. Uh, and he knows how to how to explain things, but he I do believe that he believes that these things need to need to persist. That e cigs have a valuable place. The question for me is whether he can steer a huge bureaucracy into regulating it in a way that doesn't just you know totally upset the apple cart and end up with a, a huge missed opportunity. That's the real question. It's not really about, you know, lots of people focus on Mitch Zeller as, as, you know, being somebody who has the ultimate control. I don't know that that's true. Uh, he has a large degree of control being, you know, being, being the head of the, uh, the CTP. Um, but does it, but, but ultimately, you know, uh, like when I was describing the, the TCORS issue, I mean, that alone is a problem because you have these centers being awarded grants and to, to, to look at the safety. And whenever they pick up anything that's, you know, uh, important to note and needs to be understood, um, what ends up happening is the scientific literature gets, uh, gets bolstered with uh, negative uh, um, uh, publications. Sorry, not negative findings, ne- negativity. Um, what we don't have is any good science looking at at least not in the United States at the moment, but uh, looking at the opportunities that e-cigs present. You know, in what cases do do e-cigs work? And that's what I've been trying to do over, over the years when I do the ECF Big Survey, is to take a sample where we know that people are saying they've quit smoking with e-cigs and to, to do some sort of descriptive analysis. And I've sent this all to the FDA, obviously. Some descriptive analysis saying, look, these are the myriad things that are involved. It's not the same for everybody. It's different. We have different levels of needs and wants. This is nothing like a, a, a tobacco product or a medicine. It's something completely different. It stands alone. And you need to understand this if you're going to regulate it properly. Um, and again, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's that bureaucratic element that scares me. It doesn't matter what Mitch thinks. 
um, it's whether he can steer the whole thing uh, in a positive direction. That, yes, and everybody that I talked to that attended that Safada conference and heard him speak are saying the same thing you said. They're mm-hmm. saying, you know, he seems to understand and he seems to want to, you know, keep them around and come up with a, a, a fair compromise. And, and, and he, he does understand they're getting people off cigarettes. He gets all that. But the problem is, is he's surrounded by people who don't. Mm. And that's the Absolutely. problem. And, and you know, it, it, that's going to be such an uphill battle for him. I mean, I, they don't really know if that's even possible, you know, to, to change everybody's minds and in, into understanding this, that that's, that's a big issue. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, uh, and, and then again, he's a politician, some people say, you know what? I some people felt like he was just saying what we wanted to hear, and he's probably just full of shit. So you know, nobody really knows. And I, I don't, don't think. I listen, don't, listen. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think. I, I don't think somebody like Mitch Zeller can would stand up in front of those kind of crowds. You know, this is not going to be his last ever job, and, and it will be remembered if he's bullshitted people. Right. I think he's pretty serious about um, uh, about his notion of you know the continuum of harm, but. Uh, but all of this stuff, I mean, you know, my, my, my sort of um, fundamental, uh, well, okay, so this all, let's bring it back to, back to nicotine because that, that's very much the kind of focal point for Mixella. Yes. Um, uh, I, I personally think it's a, a mistake thinking too, too much about nicotine, but, you know, whatever, that's, that's, the, that's the world we live in. But, um, uh, you know, essentially the, 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 the Continuum of risk notion is is quite simply that that there's a whole range of products that exist that contain nicotine and some are, some are safer than others, um, and it's fu- fundamentally what Mitch Zeller wants to build his entire kind of regulatory strategy going forward around. Um, you know, it it it, it kind of makes plausible sense, but I don't necessarily think it, it, it's the whole picture. Uh, you know, I, I think nicotine is necessary, but not sufficient in in alternative products. So, you know, for instance, nobody likes NRT, and yet vapors love vaping. Right. But they but they both contain nicotine, and there's been very little deep understanding of that from from the from the the FDA side, or even attempt to understand it. As far as as far as I've seen, everything always gets kind of brought back in a slightly frustrating way to this kind of neurobiological, uh, does it provide nicotine? Doesn't it, you know, or, or, or doesn't it or whatever it's, and it, it just comes across to me as, as where, where, where they're looking for the opportunity. It's not being done in a particularly interesting way. So the, the, the scary thing about the continuum of risk to me is that, is that they just say, well, we're just going to analyze everything in terms of how safe it is, and then we'll just put some regulations in that, that, that entrench that and misses everything else. Right. But you it, know, yeah, it's, it, it's a real problem. It is. And, and you know, I, I, I got to bring this up before I forget. I noticed something, too. I know when I started vaping um, years and years ago, you know, I think it was 2009 I started vaping. Uh, yeah. And it was not just for me. It's for everybody doing it. Um, for example... We had like 12 milligram e liquid, uh, 18 milligram, 36. We'd have had, we'd have 42 milligram e liquid. 
Um, people were vaping. There was really not much discussion of really getting off the nicotine. It was just finding your right level of nicotine. Uh-huh. I work in a vape shop, okay? So I, I've been working there almost a year now. I'm there almost every day. Mm-hmm. There is this trend, and I would say it is 90%. 90% of customers that come in that want to get an e-cigarette so they can use something other than cigarettes. They want to get off smoking. I'm not talking about the cloud chasers and all the guys. That, I'm sure. talking about – well, actually, you know what? Even them too. I'll even include them too. They come in. And they want to start, they usually start at a 6 or 12 nicotine level, and they all, 90% of them now come in and they all say the same thing. I want to wean off nicotine. I want to eventually just go down and down and down and wean off. And every time they say that to me, I'll, I'll ask them, just out of curiosity, why do you want to wean off the nicotine? Mm-hmm. And 90% of them, you know what they say? Because uh, it's bad. <laughs> they don't know why. They don't really have any, you know, in-depth explanation. It's just, well, because nicotine's bad. You know, it's mm. just been put in their head through life that nicotine is bad and that you get the C-cigarette now to, you know, you're getting the action of inhale and exhaling, you, you, just like using a cigarette. But the goal of the e-cigarette is to wean off nicotine. Well, it was never like that before. It's like this new thing now. And okay. Uh, okay, well, tell me this then. Are you, is that something you think you've seen over the last year or so? I, definitely and, in the last year, yes. And, yes. And, and is it the nicotine they're worrying about or is it the, the e-cig safety? No, most just really worry. I mean, we do have some that come in. I've read articles. I heard these things have antifreeze, but, sure. you know, all the rhetoric. No, but most of it is, no, it's not that at all. They just feel that they want to get off nicotine. I've had a couple people, like I had this one girl one time. She said to me, and, and, and I, I'm fine with that. She said, you know, I don't want to do anything in my life that I have to do. I don't care if it's nicotine oh, yeah. or, or drinking. I just don't want to be addicted to something. Sure. So, and, I, sure. and I said, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough argument. But uh, it's just amazing how most people just want to wean off it because they just simply say it's bad. And it's, it's interesting how that trend has come. It's like I don't know where that's come from. Why is all of a sudden people wanting to get off nicotine? And, and why are they thinking it's so bad? I mean, are, are they doing – are the antis doing that good? With, with their press maybe and, 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 and their, their PR firms are really just putting in people's minds that – because I don't well, think there's anything proven that nicotine's bad. I mean, am I wrong? You know, well, I mean, it's well, – it depends what you mean by bad. I mean, obviously, it's the, it's the least bad bit of smoking by, well, by, yes. by long Well, yes, I mean, except, except in the trivial sense that it, it, it causes people to continue to smoke. But um, – uh, no, listen, what I'm interested in, so let, 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 let me just fire this back at you because this is the, the, one of the most tragic things I've seen in the last, uh, last two, two, three months or so. But uh, as you know, we have this uh, amazing continuous survey that's done by, um, uh, by Robert, Professor Robert West at, at UCL and it, it, it does a really high-resolution uh, snapshot of smoking behavior across the, the UK. Um, and... He, he's got question items uh, uh, about vaping as well. Uh, but specifically this time, he, he asked uh, about people's perception of the safety of vaping uh, re- relative to um, to smoking. And when I saw this, my, my jaw dropped. Okay, check this out. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't have it in front of me, so I might slightly misquote this. But amongst vapors, 
um, and we should be clear that this is just anybody using E6. So it's not necessarily people that are fully transitioned. It could be dual users. Um, but amongst vapors generally, uh, 40% of vapors believe e cigs to be as harmful or more harmful than the cigarettes. Uh, and amongst smokers, 60% believe e cigs to be as harmful or more, more harmful than smoking. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and clearly that, that, that's, that's a function of the absolute media barrage that we've had over the last year, yes. um, uh, which has been driven by completely malfeasant groups in public health who, who are, who are, you know, as Peter Hayek has said recently, are essentially uh, uh, playing to an ideological agenda. There's just no, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the driving force behind the ants groups now. I know people think it's money and I think money's involved but um, it's it's the it's the sort of confluence of ideology and money. It's 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 what's driving the ants. Um, uh, I should say actually, I so at, at the at, at the FDLI meeting, um, I, I saw the most extraordinary presentation by Nancy A. Brown. It was the lunchtime uh, sort of keynote seminar presentation. Um, in which she, she described how the American Heart Association wants car- perfect cardiovascular health for all. Um, uh, and it was, it, it, it was incredible. It was so utopian. Uh, I, fa- I actually found it rather sinister. Um, she described how 1% of Americans currently have perfect cardiovascular health. Um, they were aiming for 9% uh, over the next, I can't remember what, um, and she listed what she perceived to be the enemies of perfect cardiovascular health. And one of them was uh, e-cigarettes. I was just, <laughs> I was just spitting with fury because she, she wow. perceives that as an interruption to the AMA's plan. Sorry, the, the American Heart Association's plan for perfect cardiovascular health i just found it a bizarre presentation it's not cheeseburgers it's not soda it's not, it's not all these terrible things well it's that, not tobacco you know, yeah yeah it's I, not tobacco I, 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 to be fair to, i'm sure cigarettes were in there but it was the fact that they just don't see e-cigarettes as part of the solution uh, and that's wow. because that's because and this is what it all comes down to perfection is always the enemy of the good there's the you know that's what it is they're, they're utopians and so they would rather throw existing smokers under the bus, frankly, um, than to allow them to have an alternative that, that might perpetuate the use of nicotine in society. That's, that's the fundamental utopianism that I saw there. And it was, it was just kind of creepy seeing it in, in the real, in the flesh. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when you brought up the uh, smokers, smokers thinking 60% more smokers think e-cigarettes are worse. You know, there, there's two reasons I think that is. Number one, it is, it is absolutely the media. I have friends who smoke, and they tell me all the time, that thing's worse than cigarettes, you know that? And I'll say, where the hell do you get that from? Oh, I've read online, or I saw on TV, blah, 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 blah. That's actually absolutely uh, a part of, of smokers thinking these are worse. I do think there's another aspect to it. I think another aspect to it is, is you also have the smokers that just don't want to stop. And they convince themselves these e-cigarettes are bad. I know they're worse because they want to continue to smoke. They don't. <laughs> they don't. This is the uh, this is the cognitive dissonance theory of um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm sort of sympathetic with that. I think I think there's some truth in it. I think uh, smokers will reject things uh, that don't present themselves as absolutely definitively safer because they want to justify smoking. I think there's some truth in that. 
I don't want to push it too hard because I don't know. It's, it's a bit, it's a little bit cod psychology. Right. Uh, and as a, you know, uh, former psychologist, it, it's slightly great, but I do hear that, that discussed quite frequently, but you know, there's definitely some truth in this notion that, uh, um, you, you know, uh, the, the smokers are, are the people that are, uh, m- you know, m- most likely to, uh, to be, interested let's say they're most likely to form an opinion because it it directly relates to them um so I, i'd like to see that contrasted with the general public to see whether whether it's gone down you know in the general public's estimation as well but anyway um so so just back to nicotine um and something that mitch zeller said both at the fdli and also at safata was um that that you know we we need to rehabilitate nicotine in society mm-hmm. we need we need a re-education campaign essentially um so that the public actually understands nicotine and uh, and the, the 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 fact that it is the it's not the dangerous component um whether that stretches to re-educating some uh, certain public health academics as well i mean i suppose they they, they, they they're part of society right <laughs> I right mean, yeah uh, but but the, my question that, that sadly never got answered it was um, it, it just wasn't read out as, as part of the uh, the Q and A with Mitch was well, well, okay that's great that's great but look whose responsibility is that is that something the FDA should be doing is that something the FDA should be encouraging other public health groups to do because I just don't see it coming from uh, from the, uh, the 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 charity you know the um, um, non profit sector I no. just. I, I just don't. I mean, we we have over here um, um, in, in the UK a, a much more fortunate situation in a sense. Um, and it is, by the way, it is UK specific. This is not pan-European. This is UK specific mm-hmm. um, uh, in that we have some very, very high um, standing academics uh, at top universities, uh, professors who are basically saying, look, this is crazy. We need, you know, and 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 standing up and, and countering all the bullshit. And we even have our own Ash UK, uh, which is now basically a hundred percent behind e cigs, although with some caveats. I'm sure you can understand. Oh yeah. So um, so we've got this uh, we've got this situation. But wh- where are those people in the United States? I mean, this is the real tragedy. Wh- where are those? And maybe it's just a function of a different approach in our in our academia in the UK and the US that we have people like this. Um, by which I mean, you know, uh, addiction science per se. I, I don't know. I don't know the real reason for it. And in the US, you've got certain people. You know, you've got Michael Siegel uh, and so on. But you don't have you know you don't have the t- the, the absolute top dogs at the top universities. Um, saying, look, we need to fundamentally reappraise nicotine. And that needs to happen because that's where the change has to come from. No, I, I agree. And and I don't know if we're ever – I don't know if we're going to have that, unfortunately. Well, well no, I, I don't know. I, I just I, – I think it will ha- – I, I think it could happen eventually. I just hope it doesn't happen when it's too late. Um, you know, we now have the Legacy Foundation that, 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 that are uh, um, – uh, I'm not going to say backtracking, but, but are coming out more – much more supportive of e cigs, and again, I suspect this is because they're 
um, you know, seeing some of the population data. Uh, and recently I know that uh, Dave Abrams at, uh, at TMA um, made a presentation saying, you know, we need to take this opportunity seriously. So there are, there are movements, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I set up the E6 Summit in London two years ago or two and a half years ago was to get this public discussion happening. Um, and I was asked if I could do the same thing in the United States and said, I'd love to. And then I realized, but, but how? Because these, you know, the, the, the similar people in those positions are just not, in, just not on our side at all. Right. And you know, so I don't know how you do it. And, and the thing is, and the, 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 the crazy thing is, you might have so you might have a a very uh you might have a doctor or a scientist or or somebody that is on our side okay mm-hmm. you're not the, but the, but the thing is is let, let, let's say we have a uh, doctor at Harvard University who was very well respected mm-hmm. and he feels that um this is a a, a great solution to uh uh you know, getting people off cigarettes, blah, blah, blah. He agrees with everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. Everything that's being said, he looks at Dr. Farsalino science. He says it's great. Yeah. He's not pro- probably not going to come out. You know, when you have the American Heart Association. Yeah, but that Heart was so- why I did the summit, you well, see. Yeah, I know. But when you have the American Heart Association, American Lung Association, when you have all these, I mean, big, big, well-respect, when you have the CDC coming out against all this, mm-hmm. how now why in the world is he going to come out? He may say, you know what, I believe in what they're doing, but if I come out and support this, I'm going to look like a fucking kook. People will think I'm nuts. I, I could ruin my reputation. I, I could ruin you know, my, my uh, position in, in, uh, in medicine because I'm yeah, coming – Yeah, of course, he, of course he could, of course. You know, I, 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 and that could happen. I don't doubt it. Um, and, to, you know, I – it certainly, you know, I know that it was very difficult for the, the pro scientists at the summit to, to come up and stand and, uh, and talk. That was a huge deal because, you know, it, in terms of the public debate at that point, it, it wasn't too dissimilar from what was happening in, in the U S. Yep. Um, and you know what they were, they were, they were very, very brave, ex- exceptionally brave. Um, and it hasn't affected them at all. You know, they're, they're, they're just uh, um, planning on carrying on doing science, which is who they are. They're scientists. They're looking. They're they're, they're looking at what's going on in the world, uh, and and that is all they did at the summit. It said what they're seeing in the world. You know, this is this is the thing that's slightly troubling. Is is why 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 don't we have anybody that is. And maybe it's ju- maybe it's just because of the smoking toolkit study. That might be the, that might be the key. It might just be the fact that we have this population le- level data, and when the path data starts filtering out, um, we might see a very very different uh, situation. Because at that point, uh, people will no longer be able to pretend that e-cigs don't help people quit because it will be there in the population level data. The debate will shift, yeah, and it will probably get really strange actually uh, as if it's not strange enough already um you know i noticed on stanton glance's blog the other day somebody saying that population level harm harm reduction is unethical um i mean i i i i, I just find that astonishing <laughs> somebody would publicly say that but then you know what do i know um i i happen to believe that offering smokers safer alternatives is 
well, it's not just ethical, it's, it's the only ethical behavior. Um, well, you know, it's we live in a crazy world. No, we do. So, so, so look, you know, the, um, that's the issue. How, who's going to take responsibility for re-educating um, the public? Uh, uh, it, it, not just in the United States. I mean, it's something that needs to happen here as well. I mean, we have a, a non-profit um, in, in the UK called the New Nicotine Alliance, um, whose kind of sole um, uh, uh, reason for existence is essentially to, to, to readdress the, the issue of, nic- of how nicotine has been... Um, ah, what's the word? It's been... Uh, been demonized. I suppose it has. I suppose that's exactly the word. Absolutely. Well, but the, 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 the issue is uh, that, you know, I don't want to go the other way and say that nicotine is perfectly safe. I mean, and, and I think, you know, one's got to be particularly careful because it, it might be safer for some people than it is for others. So, you know, uh, what I do think is that it's just been a kind of very un- misunderstood drug. Right. What is and it's not. No, I I don't I I don't think anybody believes nicotine is perfectly safe. The only thing that gets me and when these people say like when they tell me I want to get off nicotine, they have this view that nicotine is just as bad as cocaine or heroin or, you know, it's it's not the it's not. That, and then when you talk to them, they say, well, you know, when you smoke, that's what, they think that the nicotine in the cigarettes is what's killing them if they smoke. It's not. Is nicotine good for you? No. But it's on, it's on the same par as caffeine, and people are drinking coffee every day and consuming that caffeine. Nobody's going nuts about uh, educating people about caffeine and getting them off caffeine. It's on the same scale as caffeine, and it's not this horrific drug that's going to put you in the grave at an early age if you use it. It's just not. This is- I mean, you know, and this this is the real tragedy because the the, the principal reason for this is that well, I, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of reasons, but but the, I would say that the the most explanatory is that uh, the, the the regulations have sort of just necessitated the demonization of nicotine. So you you put it out there as this highly controlled uh, through the medicines paradigm, the medicines framework as a highly controlled substance that's uh, only produced in GMP facilities and uh, typically sold in pharmacies and for the first 20 years only on prescription in many countries, um, you end up with something that's that's viewed as being much more um, uh, uh, given a, a, an air of potency that it perhaps otherwise wouldn't have. And then in, in addition to that, you have its role in, in smoking. And of course, everybody's confused. Um, society's just gone completely the wrong way down how to, how to treat nicotine. That's the fundamental problem, I see. So, um, sorry, my voice is going a bit here. <clears throat> so I don't know what, what, what the solution is. I mean, the irony being that, and again, this is regulation's fault, uh, the, the industry could uh, commission... Um, I don't know, uh, somebody that understands nicotine very well, and there's some very good scientists out there that do, Yes. Um, to write a leaflet that they could put in every single uh, e-cig uh, packet they sell, explaining nicotine to people. The best science we have done really well. But, of course, they can't do that because of regulations, because you're entering into 
a world in which you might be being accused of making health claims or even cessation claims because that would be implicit in what was in the leaflet. You know, uh, so I guess I guess my question for Mitch Zeller was, okay, you're not responsible. Well, the industry would like to be responsible, you know, for 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 uh, demonising, for exercising the uh, you know the the, the, the nicotine demon. Right. Um, but it's not allowed to, and that would be. Let, let's just say that would be a seriously cost-effective way of doing it. Yes. No, I agree. And it, and you know what? It's needed more than ever, especially here in the United States. And I'll what what you're explaining. I'll, I'm going to play you something. Okay. I just brought you've been talking about this. I got to bring this up. Please I was do. at I was at a hearing. And uh, they were trying to – what were they trying to do here? They were trying to ban flavors. They were trying to uh, make e-cigarettes a tobacco pro- – or a uh, – make e-cigarettes uh, – uh, yeah, tobacco – they were trying to do all kinds of shit. doesn't matter. The point mm-hmm. is, listen to this woman. This is a representative on the public health committee. This woman makes decisions regarding my health, okay? She's mm-hmm. not, she lives in here in Connecticut. And they, they were discussing nicotine. Listen to what she says. She obviously knows nothing about nicotine. Listen to this. Representative Sayers. Thank you. Um, where does nicotine come from? It comes from tobacco. So then anything that has nicotine in it would be a tobacco product? Uh, no, I disagree. Why not? Because it's the delivery system. And again, um, I'm not talking refer- about I'm talking about nicotine. Where does nicotine come from? The tobacco plant. So therefore, it is a tobacco Tomatoes. Product. It comes from actually a lot of different sources. But it's primary and only sources tobacco. So therefore, no, anything containing that's not nicotine correct. is a tobacco that's product. Not, that's not an accurate statement. It comes from other sources. You better check. <laughs> you see the problem here? Mm. I, uh, yeah, we, we, we need people educating uh, people on nicotine. Well, I'm, mind, I'm minded of the um, Irish health minister, James Riley, who, who, who recently in, in a public discussion about snooze claimed that, pe- that uh, people have to cut their gums in order to use <laughs> just like jaw-dropping stupidity. Oh. But look, um, yeah, but these people get oh. away with it. Because yeah. they they know that they can be completely fatuous. They know that they can say whatever they like, and they'll have enough people in the room nodding sagely, um, in, in agreement. Um, and it's it's very hard hard to sort of patiently explain to these people that they're absolutely fundamentally um, wrong and possibly stupid. Right. Yeah. It's it, it's crazy. You know, it's, so yeah. I mean, I've I've, I've heard a few. A few clips and seen a few things like this and it's going on all over the world really um i mean i'm i'm, I'm setting my sights at the moment on on china and india because you know they don't even stand a chance really at the moment the uh the the the, the stars are aligning very very badly for them uh and you know we're talking about countries with god knows 400 million smokers in china three 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 to four hundred in in india Yep. Um, it's you know just and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But these things could get banned out in both countries very very quickly if 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 people aren't you know trying to make make the difference in the way they can. Um, obviously, I'm doing what I can um, in the US as well, but um, that's kind of now really in the FDA's ballpark. 
and with those industry players that, that want to get involved and be, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I, do, 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 do you know the, uh, what's known as the Clive Bates perspective? Yes. So basically it says, look, if it's massively safer than smoking, don't regulate it at all. And that's, and that's basically me. I, I mean, I, could, I, I, I fundamentally kind of agree with that. Um, there are some issues like, you know, with, with the, the fact that we don't, we don't exist in a perfect world. And so w- one of the big issues we have now is the fact that the public generally is just completely um, misinformed about nicotine, which is you know, the fault of the media and, the, uh, uh, sorry, and e-cigs, of course. It's the fault of the media and it's the fault of the public health groups and so on. But that's all part of the issue. Um, so to some extent, I hope that, that regulations will make people think, oh, these are regulated. They must be safe. Right. I and mean, so- I, I know his theory. And, and, I, and I do ag- – I, I agree with it to an extent. I have to be honest. Mm. To an extent. Mm. Um, I, I don't know about there, but here in the United States, you have people making the sea liquid uh, in places you don't even want to even think about. And they're putting this out there and they're selling it to people and something's got to be done about it. It's just something's got to be done. You know, I, I, I explained on my last show, uh, this girl was showing me pictures of a vape shop she worked at. And she was showing me pictures of the room where they were mixing their e-liquid. It was horrifying. Mm. There was a toilet three feet from the table. There was dust and dirt all over the place. There was fast food wrappers, uh, soda bottles, garbage laying on the Jesus. floor. I couldn't believe it. And, and you know what? It, that's not the only place that's happening. That's happening at a lot of pl- at least here in the United States. A lot of these shops are just mixing their own e-liquid because the profits they can make are unbelievable. And that is frightening to me. And I had uh, uh, Dr. Kissler on last week explaining why they shouldn't be doing that. You know, he's saying you could have uh, 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 allergens, viruses, uh, pollen, God, fecal matter, anything floating through the air yeah. is, and you're mixing that there is going to is going to get into that e liquid. It's going to stick. Well, to listen, this, there's no doubt in my mind that e liquid should be be made in in clean rooms in. Uh, you know, in one of the one of the standards laboratory standards, there's no way it should be done in open air in in basements, right? Because because this is stuff being inhaled into people's lungs. This yes. is you know it, uh, the idea that somebody's mixing up something to a lower standard that that that, that would be expected uh, that they prepare food for public consumption is just horrifying, yes. isn't it? It's horrifying. It really is. Now, look, I think. Many of us probably turned a blind eye to this in the early days of the industry because there was a sense that uh, that, uh, that that things needed to in- innovate quickly and you know um, uh, uh, and so on and perhaps we should have been a bit more f- fastidious about asking people how they were making it. But now that things do have to change. But let me ask you: How do you do it? How do you get people to stop doing it? And that's why I say I almost agree with Clive Bates' philosophy. <laughs> Because I don't, they're not going to unless there's some sort of regulation or threat of large fines, jail time, something to that sort. They're not going to stop. It is not going to stop. 
So it, it's that's the only way. The only way I can and, and, and even with regulation and, and uh, threat of uh, fines or jail, that's still not going to stop all of it. But that's going to stop a considerable amount of it. You know, at least it's going to stop these stores that are doing this in their back rooms and on their front counters. Um, you know, you're not going to stop all of it, but at least it's going to do so. If we don't do anything, no regulation at all, just say, hey, let it go on. Holy shit, we're doomed. I mean, it's, it's not going to stop at all. So it's, that's the only thing I can possibly think of having some sort of law or regulation that makes people accountable, whether it's fines, jail time, losing their business, whatever it is to stop them from doing this. So, so, Kev, let me ask you, who's who's buying this stuff? Who's buying this stuff? Mm. Everybody that goes to these vape shops. you know, And they, and they don't know that it's been made this way. Or, well, or no, they just it, don't care. Well, they no, the, the thing is, some of them do, you know, like um, I had a customer come in just a few days ago and he says to me, he goes, you know, I went to this vape shop and uh, he goes, because he asked us, he goes, do you make your own e-liquid here? I said, absolutely not. He said, well, why not? I went to a shop that makes it right in front of you, right on the front counter. And I said, and you think that's okay? He goes, yeah, because they're making it in front of me. At least I'm seeing them make it, so that makes me feel like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and they know that. Yeah, most people don't know. They don't understand. They think, well, they're making it in front of me, so it must be safe. It must be fine. It must be okay. And they, they don't realize that there's a process that e-liquid should be being made. They don't understand you need clean rooms. It needs to be ventilated. They don't understand stuff flying if somebody sneezes, now that's flying into their e-liquid and they're vaping it and it's getting in their mucous membranes, their lungs. They don't understand. They they really have this perception of, oh, it's safe because they're doing it in front of me. It's They're not going to stop. I mean, is, can you think of a way? Because I can't think of a way other than some sort of regulation to stop them. I think, I think responsible players in the industry need to get together and need to start basically – uh, putting the message out that e-liquid should be made in a particular way and that anybody that's not doing it that way is basically not naming and shaming but basically saying if you're not doing it this way you're, 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 you care more about your own financials than you care about the health of your customers. Right. And that's, the fun, that's the fundamental tool. I mean, you know. But let me ask you about that naming and shaming because I've had this come up in, in, in the how many years I've been doing this show. You know, things have come up where I said, you know, this company should be named. They should be shamed because of whatever, something that was happening or something they were doing that just simply wasn't right. Uh, you know, some people agree with me and then some people say you're wrong. You shouldn't do that. Um, it's wrong what? to do that. Like I, like the shop I'm telling you about that I saw the pictures of. I have not named the shop. I have not done it. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm I'm probably not going to do it. Um, but it kills me because I almost like, and it's it's not just naming and shaming. It's almost like I want to warn people, like don't go here because this is what's going on. You know, I feel like I have a responsibility to warn people and well, tell them. The but for sure. Well, so so I mean, you know, the the the, the classic argument against name, na- naming these businesses is um, uh, it's more fodder for the for for for, for the antis, mm-hmm. um, which you know carries a certain weight of truth behind it. But um, uh, the other thing is, I would say it's it's just like whack a mole. Like, what are you going to do? So, uh, somebody else will just be doing it and. Yeah, you, you're going to just name everybody after a while. People are just going to go, oh well, yeah, yeah, we're one of those those stores. So what? Sue me. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's it's. I just don't know what you. I, I don't know what I don't know what the practical sort of utility of naming and shaming them is. Is it going to re, re, result in any less custom? I don't know. 
Right. Or publicity is good publicity. I, I honestly don't know. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, even when uh, Barcelinos did his study last year, the one where he was uh, checking to see uh, the e-liquids and to see, like, ones that had diacetyl, you know, that whole study he did. Um, people, after he did the study, it was interesting because a lot of people were like, well, what are the companies that had the bad e-liquid? And he wouldn't name them. Uh-huh. And people were outraged. They're like, well, why aren't you naming them? We should, we should know. We have the right to know. Blah, 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 blah. And he chose not, not to name the companies. Um, people were in an uproar over that. They felt like yeah. he should have. Do you think he should have? Or, or do you think he did the right thing in not naming the companies? I, I, I'm on the fence with it, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I, I see both sides. But do you think he, he should – what do you think he should have done? He he didn't. I don't think he saw any any uh, you know any utility in naming naming them. Yeah. Um, he felt that that uh, it'd be much better addressed by contacting them directly and telling them what 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 he'd found and that they needed to change. Right. What, you, what 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 we got to remember is this: is that before he did that study, we we all everybody thought that the diacetyl issue had been addressed. Yep. In the main. We thought that uh, that the diacetyl was no longer present. It was, you know, a legacy thing from like 2000 and whenever, 2009, 2010, and that it had all all been taken out. We didn't realize that essentially what was going on is that it just hadn't been picked up in normal GCMS testing. So he developed, uh, or he he uh, used a protocol that was uh, that was uh, sensitive enough to pick it up, um, and then told people that they had diacetyl in. in in their product. So would naming and shaming have been an appropriate thing to do? No, I don't think so because, uh, you know, he wanted to get the conversation started to explain to people what they were doing wrong so that they could make a change. And, you know, there was no reason to think there was an imminent health threat from this stuff. I don't think. Um, uh, so from his point of view, it was like, let's just get the industry to take this stuff out of circulation so that, uh, uh, you know this this uh, issue is addressed, and I think I think he was right to do it that way. And I can see why people are upset, but I think he was right. Um, but of course, it didn't work because we still got diacetyl. Right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't. And you know, he softened his position. Now, of course, he he he's now taking the position. Well, if people want to inhale diacetyl, that's fine. But you but but people must tell must declare it to their consumers. And, um, yeah, I think that's a sensible sort of halfway measure. And, and, and I think really the biggest shame, you know, uh, Dr. Farsalitos just came out with another study. He's doing these phenomenal studies, phenomenal studies. Um, you know, just what was it, a week or two ago, he came out with his latest study. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that he did, but it's uh, in a way, it's almost like, at least here in the United States, it's like, oh, well, it's really not going to do anything. The media is not going to pick up on his study. They're not going to report his study. They could give a shit about his study. Here in the United States, they're not going to report on anything good that has to do with these cigarettes. Well, it's, it's more it's than that, that simple. as well. It's more than that as well. Do, do, do you know what the, the, the bullshit asymmetry principle is? The asymmetry principle. The, the b- bullshit a- asymmetry principle. What, the BAP. What? The bullshit asymmetry no, principle. No, what, what is, what is it? It, it basically says the uh, the evidence required to refute bullshit is of orders of magnitude of that required to produce bullshit. Oh, or the okay. resources required to 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 uh, 
to uh, to challenge bullshit. Right. So this is this is the issue. They put out the formaldehyde study, which was you know just a bunch of guys burning some 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 tanks. Yep. Uh, then Fastenos does a clinical tri- clinical study with actual vapors using the product. Imagine the effort. I, I think some people don't appreciate how much effort goes into these studies. Right. It's just like, oh, look, there's a new study. But he had to get, I don't know how many people he tested. He had to come in. It had to be tested under a range of, range of conditions. It's a massive enterprise. Yep. Um, and then he, he basically produces what all vapors already know, which is that you know when you're, gonna get, when you're getting a dry hit. Actually, he, no, he did a bit more than that, of course. No, I'm, 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 that sounds like I'm being unkind. I'm not. Because <laughs> the, no, no, the point is it's now in the literature. It's right. there. It's science. It's, yep. it's documented. His method, me- methodology is documented. It can be challenged and so on. But um, no, the other thing that he showed is that vapors are very good at detecting the formaldehyde. So the big question that we've, we, we've all had, or many of us have had, is are these things producing formaldehyde? Um, at a point at which is bad for us, but we but we're not tasting a dry puff. Right, that's been the concern. Is that is that you know particularly in higher wattage devices, um, and, and and that's what I think he's he's beginning to uncover. I don't know if he's completely answered that question, but that that's the thing that uh, that he wants to 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 know. Uh, you know, if we're if we're hitting it at high wattage or high temperatures, uh, are we getting formaldehyde before we're getting dry puff? Right. Um, and then the other thing to note is that that essentially is a direct response to those authors um, and the challenge to those authors, because uh, let's not forget this was in the, uh, in the New England Journal of Medicine, the That's world's right. most prestigious medical journal. That's why it had such a big impact around the world, the formaldehyde study. Um, the challenge was essentially retract the paper because it because it uh, it contained not methodological issues but but poor poor conclusions right but even um, if they did retract the paper it would not matter because it's already been out in the media that is the thing that we get the most when people come in and ask about e-cigarettes i don't think it wouldn't matter i think it would it, i think it would be uh, you know, for, for for an academic to have to retract a paper is a serious, serious, serious thing. Yeah, but when it comes to public perception, it would. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah public yeah. perception but, but would look, not matter. The, the know, United States is already problem. convinced that e-cigarettes uh, contain formaldehyde. That's it. There's no changing their minds. They've been told that, and that's what it is. Um, public perception would not change. That it, it, the damage has been done. It's it's scary, but it's been done. That's the biggest thing here. That's the biggest thing we hear all the time, constantly. I heard these things contain formaldehyde. I mean, it, it's 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 there. It's here to stay, and it's a shame. It's a shame that 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 perception's been put in people's minds from such a horrifically poorly done study that clearly was somebody just burning a coil and saying, "Oh, look, it's producing formaldehyde," and uh-huh. the media just jumping all over it it also shows the the complete well, power is, of the media i mean it's just frightening it's we can't oh, it take is, it back it's, it, it's totally terrifying and the and the power of um of prestigious medical journals as well yes um you know and and, and i would say that a big part of the blame has to lie with the edit, ed, editors of the journal for for even publishing it without saying you know are your conclusions in this valid because remember, they they weren't just saying that under these conditions that, that that it outputs formaldehyde. They were saying that high-powered devices 
basically always output formaldehyde. They had no conception of the uh, of, of the different of the other differentials, such as the wicking, and they didn't even discuss it. So, you know, it's um, yeah, it's it's, it's malfeasance. And they, here's the sad thing: it's not as if they couldn't have looked on ECF or any other fucking website. Sorry, pardon my language, and and just seen that this is a well understood phenomenon by hundreds of thousands of people. Right. I mean, it, it's the ivory tower mentality that is just sickening. And it's, it's what I'm so glad that we've kind of, you know, don't suffer from anymore in the UK. Right. You know, if somebody wants to do a study, they better do some damn good science because, you know, that otherwise they, they are going to stand accused of being, if not malfeasant, pr- pretty intellectually uncurious. And well, that's the worst thing an academic can be accused of. Certainly doesn't work that way here. America's filled with a bunch of dumb people. <laughs> it's it's no more filled with dumb people than the UK. Though. I don't it's know. Just, I think America's got. A, <laughs> I think we got a lot more dumb. People. It's just in. It's just in this in this particular field. We, we, uh, it's just quite interesting the the, the difference. Um, you know, and and it's and it's it's a, it's all boils down to the tobacco wars and the le- le- legacy of that. Um, you know, and um, what's the famous? Kuhn quote, um, science progresses one death at a time, as in, you know, the grandees of certain scientific disciplines hold sway for a long time, you know, a real long time. And it's only once they shuffle off this mortal coil that, that uh, new ideas come through. And so given the tobacco wars were only 20 years ago, the grandees of kind of tobacco control and public health were all people that were that, that were fighting in that in their kind of intellectual and uh, uh, in their prime, and they're they're fixed into that mentality. That's yep. basically what we deal with with those guys. Oh, that and the fact that many of them are uh, almost uh, uh, certifiably insane. Yeah. <laughs> There's also some certifiably insane uh, e-liquid companies here. I don't know if it's going on over he- over there, but over here, there's been a lot. A lot of talk about uh, these e-liquid companies marketing to children. Now, I, I want to correct what's really being said. Okay, I don't believe anybody believes these e-liquid companies are intentionally marketing to children. I don't believe any of them are. Mm-hmm. But what the, the issue is is the way they're labeling their product. I want you to look at this because these guys are getting the biggest flag here in the United States. I'm going to put this link in your Skype. Look at this. Lost Art E-Liquids is getting hammered. All these discussions are bringing them up. I want you, Oliver, that, that look at that link I sent you yeah. and look at their labels. Now, I have to yeah, – in fact, I invited them on. I don't know if they're going to be on tonight. I have no idea. I haven't heard back from them yet. I sent them an email. I sent them actually a couple emails asking them to come on and, and give a response because of all the talk that's going on. Um, I, I have to agree. Those labels – they're pretty bad. We don't need that. That, that I mean, you do you see him, Oliver? Do you, I mean, that's. I, I can see. Can we can we be a bit careful, though, Kev? Can we just be a little bit careful? Because, all right, I will confess that I'm looking at those, and my instant reaction is, oh no. You know, yeah, that, uh, right. Of course it is, right? Yes. Of course it is. But 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 let me just say this to you. I have no. I have no reason to believe or not to believe. I, I just don't know whether that appeal whether that appeals to children or not, to adolescents or not. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I just don't know. So 
what I'm left with is when I'm looking at that, I'm making a, a moral decision uh, that I don't like it. And so it shouldn't exist. And that's probably not healthy. I okay, I, I okay. I understand what you're saying. I, you know what? You're right. There's no science behind whether it's or not, not just science. Okay. So the other thing is, are we are we catering catering here for for for, for the other for, for for the other narrative? I mean, yes. I mean, of course, it's science. At the end of it, we 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 can find out whether that appeals to children over and above other other brands pretty easily. But um, no, the other question is really: Look, is it are are we? Uh, um, catering to to a sense that other people think that this is what appeals to children, and so it needs to not exist. Okay, so what about? Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. So what about? Well, number one, I want to say this. Number one, I think this is just my personal opinion. There is no science behind this at all. My personal opinion. I think if a five year old saw that bottle, he'd want to pick it up in a second. Oh, look at that! I mean, oh, so, so, so this is just, this right? Okay, that's so this just is my the, personal opinion. There's no. This is the accidental, um, you know, ingestion. They'll want to pick it up and drink. Yeah, it, but which but, is a slightly different, slightly different uh, question. Well, it's not even that. It's just something that I think because of all the, the it's a cartoon is what it is would absolutely be appealing. I, it doesn't oh, mean it's right. five year old. My two year old would be picking up. It'd yeah, be all right, right. That. There's no doubt. Right. But what, what people are saying, at least here, what they're saying is, is let's say that's even not the case. They're, they're, what they're saying is, is there is so much flack here from senators and congressmen and, and, and governments and states, locals, everywhere, that we're attracting children yeah. with our marketing that what they're saying is, is we shouldn't have stuff like this because we're giving them the argument. Like when they sit there and say, oh, they're not trying to attract children, they can pick up that Lost Art liquid bottle and say, tell me that's not attracting children. Yeah, 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 yeah. they can, they can. But look, did you, did you look at the, uh, the, 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 the image uh, the collateral on um, was it on the? It might have been on the, the still blowing smoke site. They were showing examples of of, uh, of uh, brands designed to appeal to children. Yes, and they right, and they yes. showed the enjoy ones. You know the the the, the ones they came out with recently. Right, not 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 the um not not the bottles, the the packets, you right, know, right. the disposables, which are just which are just contemporary design. You know that there's nothing. It's not like the lost art stuff that we're looking at here. It uh-huh. is. Um, just you know, just very well designed, colourful, and interesting to look at, and they're they're holding that that up as appealing to children. Right. So I mean, you, you can't win if you go down that argument. You really can't win. It, you know it, uh, and that's why I'm saying that if you want to find out whether something appeals to children, the only way to do it is through science. You can't just make these moral things like, oh, I don't like that because it's got cartoon cartoons on it and listen i agree um that that there is this other question is that does that present a um a health hazard to to small children from drinking it uh and so on um but that's a different question uh and and that also ties in with you know um uh standardized uh uh, child-resistant caps and the rest of it, right? But what about what, what about when it comes to you know public perception? Because you know eighty eighty-five percent of uh, America doesn't use e-cigarettes, and someone says, okay, someone shows them that that Lost Art bottle and shows it to yeah. someone who's not an e-cigarette user or not a smoker. 
um, what they think. They're obviously going to look at that and think, well, yeah, they must be playing the kids. Why would they have a bottle with a cartoon character on it? I mean, what what about their their perception? Because I, you know, you said something just now, and I have to admit, I I I agree with you. I mean, even if we took away these types of labeling, they could pick out a bottle that has a blue and green color on it and say they're trying to attract children. I think no matter what we do, they're going to say it. <laughs> no matter oh, what label is on there, with, they're going to say it. Without a doubt. But without what about public perception, though? That Now, that I do agree with them on because you take someone who doesn't smoke or – you take my mother. And if I showed my mother that bottle and someone said, yeah, they're trying to attract children with that, she'd believe it. She'd say, well, if you're not, then why is there cartoon characters on it? Mm-hmm. I mean, how, yeah. that, you know, what about public perception? I agree with you on that. You're never going to stop them from saying it, that all the antis and everybody else. But what about public perception? <sighs> Does it matter? It, it would be my first response. Does it matter uh, if, if people think that they're trying to get hold of kids if that's not actually what's happening? You know, who cares? So some guy thinks that a, a company is trying to get kids. Well, okay, whatever. Um, uh, you know, in, re- in reality, the regulators should be doing this on the basis of science. And they should be doing this on the basis of finding out. You know, if they, if they believe that certain um, brands, certain stylings appeal to, let's stop saying children, adolescents, because children aren't vaping, adolescents are vaping. Mm-hmm. If they, if they believe that that's true, then they should investigate it. But, 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 but listen, you know, imagine this, and I think this is a distinct possibility. Imagine if what comes back is actually uh, many of the adult-oriented brands turn out to appeal to adolescents. Right. That actually, not the lost art and the, and the what have you, but, you know, stuff that, that, that looks more mature because, you know, that's kind of what adolescents are into, right? Yeah. Um, well, then what? <laughs> Do we only put out lost art bottles? Well, yeah. I, I, and again, I mean, I, you know, we all started smoking at some point. Most of us started smoking when we were teenagers. Uh, it, you know, certainly wasn't the, there was no cartoon. There was nothing on the packaging to, to attract me to want to pick up uh, Marlboro Lights. Really, everybody else was doing it. And I wanted to be cool and I wanted to do it too. But, you know, when it comes to that, you know, here in, in the United States, I don't know about the UK or in Europe, but here in the United States, I do think it is important to get the public on our side. I don't think we can have the who cares what All they right. think. Because okay. so well, 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 hang on, let me finish. Because because if if you have um, when it comes down to at least like say here in Connecticut, these representatives, the health committee, the politicians, they're <laughs> gonna do what's what they feel the public wants them to do because the the public votes them in at the end of the day. If they know that a lot of the general public thinks that we're attracting children yeah. with flavors, they're gonna they're not gonna listen to a fucking thing we say. If they think, oh geez, even people that don't use these things seem to be okay with this, maybe we should watch ourselves because you know what? I want to have my job in a couple of years and I want to want these people to vote me in again. So and that's the way it works here. It really is. They don't No no listen, I understand that. You you, yeah. you have a much more engaged uh, voting population yes. than we do here. Yes. For sure. Okay. So, so, uh, yeah. And this stuff is really difficult. I, I, I'm, I'm, I hope I don't sound too sort of overconfident because I don't think I've got any easy answers, mm-hmm. but, but I'm always trying to think of like the corollary argument. So the corollary, corollary to what you're saying is, mm-hmm. well, okay. So, um, w- w- what about the, uh, the guy that 
or, or girl that, that picked up the lost art bottle because she liked it because she it just meshed with that person and gave up smoking because of it right you yeah. know and, and at one what point do we start sort of making everything quite homogenous and bland and unappealing to adult smokers you know and i'm sure that, that's happened that's the, yeah and i'm um, sure someone started using that liquid because you could have had a 23 year old that just thought a girl that thought oh the bottle's cute and she bought mm. it and now she's not smoking so yeah you're right that is uh, another side to it that so you've got to be really careful with, with not to be kind of too emphatic about this right and you know but listen i i, I totally understand the 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 problem um i guess we just need to um i don't know um i i I think i think the science will be done uh on this i think there will be a big project on trying to find out what appeals and i think um it it will probably be federally funded um and there's a thing but there's you know, a thing going on here now, Oliver, that and this has been this is going all over social media. There's a thing here with vapors in the United States that people who are using those type of labels, like Lost Art is, and there's that's not just them. There's other companies that are doing it um, to boycott them, to not buy their e-liquid, uh, go to the shops that are selling it, and tell them don't sell that e-liquid anymore. There's actually this huge boycott these companies that are doing this, using these these types of labels to try to get them to stop. Um, yeah, no. Look, I, 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 I've seen some of that, and yeah. you know that's the kind of po- positive impact. But, but again, it's like, is that a moral panic within the, within the vape community? Yeah, you know, do they know that that's what? I mean, listen, I might be totally wrong. It may be that this stuff really does appeal to adolescents. I, I just what I'm saying to you is, when I'm we don't know, that, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I like you feel reflexively that I don't like that. Right? I just don't like it. It feels bad. It feels bad for the category. But I don't know that it is. Oh, right. what, what I should say is I don't know that it is doing that specific thing, um, which is, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, attra- attracting children. I'd much, much I'll tell you what I'd like to know. I'd like to know how they're making it. That's what I'm more interested in. And, and you know what? And I want to say something about this lost art example because I was researching them. I, I, I hope they come on because I'm just not going to come on to, to, to bash them. I really want them to answer this. And I want, I wanted to tell this to them too. Okay. They have a video where they're showing their lab where their e-liquid is made. Yeah. I got to tell you something remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable. They have a real deal lab. That is impressive how they make their e-liquid. And if anybody wants to know how e-liquid should be made, they should look at that video that they have because they're making it right. Okay. They, they, so that's ab- an interesting yes, thing, isn't it? They absolutely yeah. invested the money, lots of money to make a lab and they are making that e-liquid properly. So, you know, yeah, it, it, the, I, the, I guess the only flaw that people are saying they have is, is their labeling. And I, you know, I, I do, I, I'm, I see you're making me think about all this. I don't know. No, you know what? Nobody knows if that label is, is attracting children to vape. And on the other hand, you make a very good point. It doesn't matter what labeling we could have late, unless we have plain white labels that just say the name of the e-liquid. I think anything they're going to, we put out there, they're going to say, Oh, tell me those bright colors aren't trying to attract children. I, you know, they're going to say it anyway. That's exactly where it will go. Yeah. You know, it's been proposed in Ireland that uh, all e-liquids are sold with um, 
plain in plain packaging just with the label with the name name on it right i mean it, it, it's a it's a very interesting argument and and it's and it's just interesting here though because everybody really is just jumping on it they're saying nope we got to boycott them you got to stop this you can't get these and it, you listen here in the united states e-liquid companies and i've been saying this for months and and this is probably why a lot of these labels are coming out of these bottles. They're targeting 18 to 24-year-olds. E-liquid companies in the United States don't comprehend or don't understand that there's people over the age of 24 that vape. And you know what? I'm not, uh, I, I have uh, 45. I have people that come in our store that are 30, 40, 50, 60. We, we, have a set, we have an 80-year-old that comes into our store. Sure. Okay? Yeah. The housewife that's 48 years old with three kids is not going to come in and vape alien piss. She's not going to come in. I mean, I'm telling you, somebody's – mar- She might do. She yeah. might do. <laughs> no. she, she might do at the weekends. Yeah. yeah we may. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they, look at, you know, they look at some of this stuff. And these e-liquid companies are going nuts. They're targeting 18 to 24-year-olds. They're not even realizing that there's people. And they're coming up with these ridiculous names, these ridiculous labels. You know, it, it's like they're ignoring a whole sector of, of people who vape. Millions of people. They're just ignoring them. I don't know what happened. This didn't happen in the beginning, Oliver. We had like, you know, e-liquid. It was like the name of the company and grape and you know strawberry and it, yeah, you know, listen, Kev, we, we, it, i know I, I know and it was pretty dull <laughs> but, but look let, let, let's be clear um this industry is seven years old really i mean it, a little bit older right um seven and a half let's call it let's let's say it started when the ecf started yep <laughs> yeah being a bit chauvinistic there <laughs> um <laughs> call it call it seven years um that's a small, small that's a that's a short period of time and the period the period that we're talking about where all this has suddenly emerged has been 18 months to two years of that history right yeah 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 no I longer i mean yep. it's just the last 18 months has yep. just gone absolutely wild absolutely okay well listen this is going to go on a lot lot longer um and things will change things will settle and so I guess uh, the 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 and I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I've had some really really kind of like heart wrenching conversations with 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 some B and M owners over the last six months or so, where they're saying they literally cannot get the people they used to have coming in. They just can't get people to come into their vape store because because they've had the, you know because the, the 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 demographic has shifted so much down down to that. Yeah. That that people just feel excluded, and I think that is that. I think that's a real shame. Um, um, I, I, you know what? The industry runs a serious risk of, uh, and I mean the BNM industry of ruining itself because it won't be long before the the older demographic is catered for, and it if it's not catered for by by vape stores, it's going to be catered for by the C stores. Yep. And if the products that they're selling now start to become, you know squeezed out in favor of more mature stuff they're going to find themselves in a very very curious position what are they selling yep you know and let's let's not forget that vape stores you know again that's really been the last 18 months to two years that they've properly emerged very short period of time they could disappear as quickly yes in my in, in my opinion i don't i don't think they have to and i think they i think they should stay open but unless <clears throat> they 
seriously kind of you know professionalize and start offering a service to everybody inclusive um they it's hard to know what they're gonna what they're gonna what they're gonna be in a year or two years time right because this 18 to 24 year old uh movement we're hoping is a long-term fixed you know movement towards harm reduction in that age group right 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 and and, and you know i think it probably is Will it last forever, or will it, or, or or is it a fad? That's yet to play out. We just don't know. There's no crystal ball on this. Well, I just also make sure that uh, you know, in the fun, I I just don't carry alien piss. And you know, the the the, the funny thing is, somebody, okay, there are lots of vape stores that don't as well. Well, no, and and I wouldn't. And and the shame of it was that it was actually very good e liquid. It was actually really good. And I remember the uh, guy calling us, and he's like, oh, so what do you think? You want to carry it? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. Your liquid is wonderful. People like it, but I cannot carry it. And he goes, well, why? I said, because it's named Alien Piss. <laughs> I can't recommend to my senior citizen customers or my middle-aged customers to buy it. And they wouldn't. I, you know, it, I, I'm sorry. The name ruined it. And yeah. you know what? I was hoping. I was hoping he would say something like, well, you know, we could if you, know, if you want the liquid change. Oh, no, 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 no. What he said was uh he got upset he goes oh well, that's a shame then huh you know it's like what you know i it's just i i don't know we just wouldn't have stuff like that because i i just want to make sure every i know there's this generation of cloud chasers and drippers and all this stuff and yeah we, we want to be able to cater to them and have the products that we, that they want and we do but i also want to be able to cater to the person that comes in and says and we have it a lot I just want to get off cigarettes. I want to it's, it's something, please, something. You know, I I need I I need to stop smoking. I want yeah. to be able to, to to those are the ones that are just really important to me. You know, it, it, I see them come in, Oliver. Sometimes they're just they have this look on the face like, geez, I just want to stop. Give me something that I can use instead of these cigarettes. Yeah. Um, that is just so so important to me. That those it's massive. It's, it, 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 it is, and you know, um, it, it's something that the industry's got got to address. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, may, maybe uh, the the word vape needs to be handed over to the uh, uh, you know to, to the the, the uh, eighteen to twenty four group and and. Uh, we come up with a new else. word, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very difficult to know how this plays out because it's right. so so heterogeneous. Um, I, I guess, I guess, my real concern is is that you know that that the people that really need this stuff are the, are the older people. I mean, the, there is there is no uh, age at which um, stopping smoking is not beneficial, but right. Right. there is a window in which um, it's almost as beneficial as if you'd never smoked. And I believe that window closes at about 45, um, or maybe a bit younger. I'm not sure the science is particularly good on that, but, but it's around 40, 45. So that's the demographic that needs to, and, uh, and older, of course, but, but really that, that demographic is the one that needs, to, needs to, uh, to be given good product that works for them. Right, right. I agree. Right. So, so, I, so let me ask you this, because we, we, we've gone on almost an hour and a half, and, and I know I have to wrap this up. Sure. Um, deeming regulations are coming soon. I, I just want to take certain topics out and just give me a quick answer of what you think. Okay. Sure. Uh, when it comes to devices, mods, uh, like you know the actual products we're using, tanks, all that stuff, do you think they're going to touch that or no? Yeah, I think they will. Yeah. You think they will? Okay. Yeah. So, so they're going to regulate the actual products. 
uh, when it comes to e-liquid? Do you think they're going to allow flavors, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, they, would, they will initially, yeah. They will initially, but at some point you think they're going to... Well, no, no, can, can I just be clear on this? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so this is something similar, that, and I don't want to go on about this too much, but, but this is a similar picture to... There's a debate in the UK at the moment as to what's going to happen, not next year when the rakes come in, in on May 20th next year, um, but what's going to happen over the next two, three, four, five years. Right. Um, uh, and the, the debate is basically between people who say that the only products that will be available in five years' time will be ones that have a medical license and the ones that say that, that the TPD will continue. Um, and, you know, I think you could apply a similar logic, although it's obviously a, a very different regulatory setup to, to, to the U.S. In, in the short term, we'll have, um, you know, very little will change, I think. But what the deeming regulations enable basically is for is for the the fda to um regulate um as it wants to uh going forward we haven't discussed of course the the house rule 2058 which is very important because that moves the grandfathering date to the uh the 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 issue of the final rule right right um well in that case to an extent everything's uh, everything is open. Of course, people still have to do the substantial equivalence um, um, uh, uh, applications and so on. And it's unclear to me how many people, what the costs of that are. But um, and of course, the other the other thing is that it locks everything kind of you know in terms of innovation at, at, at that point, which is a real bugger. Yeah. Um, but um, but the point is, the FDA said repeatedly that what they're issuing is a deeming proposal that is a foundational rule. What, what everybody else has said is, yes, but if you read your foundational rule, it, it just gets rid of everything from the markets. It's not just foundational. It just means that everything's illegal. Now, there's um, a very interesting <clears throat> um, legal opinion by um, uh, Eric Limblom, who's senior counsel to the FDA, currently on secondment at Georgetown University. I met him. I had some interesting conversations with him. I don't agree with him on almost everything the thing he's most worried about is marketing um but he points this out and this is probably true that the fda has substantial discretion in enforcement um really does uh and he wrote a piece in the um uh, uh food and drug law journal in which he he said given that the fda has substantial discretion and given the fact that almost nobody will be able to uh, apply to the uh, to, to to submit for the uh, uh, pre pre market uh, authorization. Right. Um, what you could end up with is the FDA choosing for population health benefits not to enforce the regulations on these companies, except in situations in which they felt a need to, allowing the market to, to continue, stopping all, all marketing, um, and. Basically, it's kind of dystopian for anybody in the industry because it, because what it says is your products are now illegal. We'll let them be sold because we're allowed to let you sell them. But you have absolutely no recourse to the courts or anybody for any decision that we make. Right. Imagine that for a future. That is interesting. But it's there. I mean, you know, that is just a, a reality. And I don't know if enough people have kind of discussed that. I, I wrote a blog on it, but I, don't, I didn't really push it. Um, 
but it's you know it's uh, it's an interesting kind of future dystopia. But you can see how how that logic might appeal to the FDA. They can put out the regs, ban everything, everything's illegal, but say carry on for now. Right. Yeah. And of course that uh, that answers the other problem, which is how do they enforce it? They don't have they to. <laughs> they don't have to do anything. But I presume they have to make a case for not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, as yeah. in, you know, and perhaps they have the data in, in the path study that says actually it is better for us not to. But, and here's the thing, <clears throat> um, nature abhors a vacuum. And that vacuum is the regulatory inaction by the FDA. And uh, the, nature's fight back is what we're seeing at the state and local levels. You know, that's yeah. the bottom line. There's right. all sorts of regulations going on around, you know, have been for years, but they've reached crescendo point in the last few months uh, all around the United States. Um, and really they're happening because, you know, the, 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 the regulatory future is so opaque. Nothing's really coming out of the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this regulatory dystopia might not actually be beneficial on the population level stuff either because, you know, the, F- the FDA will essentially be saying to, to the states, look, we're not really going to do anything, so it's up to you. Yeah, and then, and then whatever... And then it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Well, yes, and I can tell you here, whatever the FDA is proposing, I can tell you by, by going to all these uh, committees, uh, these public hearing committees, and, and talking to some of them on, on a one-to-one basis, they will do whatever the FDA... If the FDA says, we're well, just going to ban everything. Connecticut will ban everything. And so will a lot of states. If they say uh, uh, ban on e-liquid, they're going to ban e-liquid. They're going to act on whatever the, whatever the FDA says. So, yeah, if that did happen like you just explained, we're doomed. <laughs> I mean, states are just going to pick up on it, and they're just going to make their laws, and that's going to be it. It's done. It's over. Yeah, um, yeah that, that would just be devastation. But uh, – it, it which is which sense. is why I'm hoping that they come out with something sensible and hoping that the uh, that the house will go, goes 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 through. The, the the problem is the real problem is that uh, the FDA has said itself it doesn't think it has the statutory authority to uh, to to change the grandfather rule. Right, that's the fundamental problem. Yeah. So if if it proceeds without uh, uh, congressional action, then um, you know. Then I think we are in a in a bit of a dystopia, yeah. um, but like I said, that's the one thing to to think about. The FDA does have substantial discretion on enforcement; it can permit things to continue. What it chooses to per- permit to continue is anybody's guess right now. Right. And uh, and again, you know, under that situation in which the grandfather date is not altered, um, we're in a very peculiar situation because what you want is for the FDA to. Can, to be held to account to conduct its science properly, and, and and again, you know, some of the things that we've discussed, like trying to understand what what the population level effects are. You know, there's a diff- difference between descriptive and explanatory science. Descri- descriptive science is where you look at something and say, "Oh, that's how it is." Explanatory science is when you develop a theory as to why it is that way. It's the harder part of science. So it's all very well saying, "Oh, look, e-cigs are, are supplanting the population uh, of smokers right now," but uh, it turns out that it's a very complex picture as to why that's happening with lots of different factors, lots of needs and wants, the products themselves, the behaviors and the rest of it. Um, you know, and I think I'm the only person that's really thought pro- hard about that and done a sort of comparison 
from uh, primary data on what are the different needs and wants. How, how can we develop a language about, uh, about vaping behavior that makes sense to regulators? Um, <clears throat> I don't know, perhaps other people have as well, but I'm not seeing anything published. Right. Um, and I, I'm working with, with some people at UCL to try and get something done. But, but look, you know, the, and, and that's where we're at. We, 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 we you know, the, the FDA potentially will not have any particular reason to, to do any, spend any more money on this. Um, and I'd rather the FDA do, continues to do good science because I think it's better for everybody. And, and I think, honestly, if the FDA just could push it off to having the states deal with it, I don't think the FDA wants to even deal with this. I don't think want anything to do with this. Oh, um, so I'd, be, I'd be a bit careful about that. I mean, I don't think I, they do. I think this is a bit of a big nightmare. They didn't expect this to happen. You know, they, you, you saw their initial reaction was, oh, just uh, seize uh, anything coming into the country. And, you know, it, it, that, that was their initial reaction was, okay, just don't let it into the country. Well, that oh, didn't yeah. work out very well. Then it was, okay, we'll make it a medical device and make them go through all that bullshit. Then I'll just make it go away. Well, that mm-hmm. didn't work. You know, mm-hmm. now <laughs> I think e-cigarettes have just been a big pain in the ass for them for the oh, past no ki- no seven kidding, years. No kidding. Absolutely no yeah. kidding. Um, you know, it's it's been a huge problem on top of uh, everything else that they've been doing. Uh, you know, they, they really didn't expect it. But, you know, it's also worth bearing in mind that this is, this is uh, a 25-year part of the FDA's history, right back from David Kessler in the early 90s, you know, and the Brown, Brown, Brown versus Williams, the Brown and Williamson versus the FDA and so on. You know, the, you've got this huge history which informs where the FDA are, are now. And I, I would say to you that uh, above and beyond uh, the FDA um, uh, finding this a pain in the ass, which I'm sure it is, <laughs> and, and I agree with you, they, they behaved appallingly. Mitch Zeller behaved appallingly yes. when, when they seized, seized it. Um, although, let's say, they just behaved like any regulator would, I suspect. I suspect. But anyway... Um, uh, and we had the same thing in the UK as well. Um, but, but look, you know, more than anything, they now have the authority that they pushed for for 25 years. They've been very, very slow to do anything with it, really slow to do anything with it. Um, it's been a big, you know, bureaucratic exercise in creating this new centre and trying to work out how it runs, how it operates, how it works. They want to get it right. They do. That doesn't mean they will. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that there aren't people in there that will do their darndest to scupper it. But I do believe Mitch Seller wants to get it right. Whether or not he has the competence, whether or not the FDA has the competence, I don't think anybody can say right now. Um, but, you know, um, I, I sort of feel like I've, I've, I've come on your show and, and made everything even more confusing than it was. <laughs> no, no. The whole point of this was to get your your uh, point of view and, and your perspective on all of this. Uh, like I said in the beginning, I mean, I, I value what your perspective is, your point of view. I mean, through this discussion, there's things that I you've made me think about, certainly things that I had certain views on before that. I am now rethinking my views on some of these things from what you've said. And that's why I love having you on. I mean, you just, uh, you, you bring a, a fresh perspective to a lot of these things. And uh, I find them very fascinating. And I know people out there finding it, find it interesting and fascinating as well. We just don't get to hear from you 
as much. I mean, you're not, it's not like, you know, you're everywhere and you're broadcast. You do do the blog, which is wonderful. I don't know why you don't promote that blog more because you should. I mean, it's a wonderful, <laughs> it is. It's a wonderful blog. I mean, you, you I, I love reading your blogs. That's, in fact, where is it? It's at, uh, vaping, uh, vaping.com or. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vaping.com. You can find it's, it's under Smokey Joe, right? I'm assuming. No, no, it's under my name. Oh, it's under your name. Okay. It's yeah, under, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yes, I mean, you go to vaping.com. It, it, his blogs are phenomenal. You can read them. You can really get inside of Oliver's head and see what he's thinking, is what, what his opinions are on all this stuff. And, you know, I, I think you've been following this stuff more than anybody. I mean, not just where you are in the UK, but from a worldwide perspective. And uh, yeah, well, I've tried to, I've, you know, I've tried to be very global on it. I mean, I, I think I've done most most of my work in the UK because I live here, um, right, right. and you, you know, with the summits and so on. Um, and I, and trust me, I, I I've tried my hardest to figure out how to do what we did in the UK in the US because I think it would be phenomenal. There just isn't a way of doing it, unfortunately. Right. Uh, the, the you know, it's just impossible to get all of those guys over to the US. And impossible to find similar academic, you know, levels that are working on the same things. Uh, it's just a, it's, it's just a shame. And I, and I just, in, in general, when it comes to vapors, I just see more vapors in Europe caring than they do here. Um, things you can go online, buy whatever you want. There's stores all over the place. Uh, most vapors here don't give a shit. They don't care. Uh, here in America, they wait till it's too late. They're going to wait until something comes down, and and, they, and 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 once the FDA comes out with the regulations, they still probably won't do anything. They're not going to do anything until it's gone. Then they're going to go, oh god, what do we do now? Why? Well, what can we do to get it back? That's how it is here in America. They don't give a shit. I, I, listen, listen, <laughs> let's let's not let's not beat beat up too much on people. I mean, in, in, in the EU, um, it was uh, a very dedicated but but quite small group of people that made a big difference. You know, um, and that that included consumers. It included um, uh, industry uh, working very, very smartly, and you know, making sure that uh, well, it wasn't perfect. It isn't perfect. Um, some people think it's a disaster. I don't know. I think I think it's it's much better than I thought it was going to be. Put it that way. I was pretty pessimistic at one point. Um, but you know the thing we did do in the UK is to, is to is to get a proper national debate started. Um, you know, because we 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 knew that there was we knew that there was one. Yeah. I, I so, so I just quickly tell you the genesis of the summit. It was it was incredible. I went to the EU to their first workshop mm-hmm. on e cigs. So this is at the beginning of the process where they started the regulation, and um, I met Jean Francois Etter there. We had a great chat um, and. But this workshop was just, he was the only um, sane person there. This workshop was, was, was just full of polyscience and bullshit and, you know, right. weird and ideology and, 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 frankly, conspiracy theory about the tobacco industry. Um, <clears throat> I was just, I was appalled. I, couldn't, I just couldn't believe what I'd just seen. I said to Jean-Francois, look, we've got to have a proper conference. And... Um, Six months later, we did, uh, and it was the the hardest six months of my life, toughest thing I've ever ever been involved in. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, you would not believe how hard it was to get that happening. And we had threats made against us. We had all sorts of nastiness going on. You know, I was told that I was gonna, 
uh, I was going to have my my name slandered, and uh, you know it was just unreal from people that you wouldn't think did that. We were told to fuck off, left, right, and center. Um, and uh, my uh, the lady we we produced it with was 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 incredible, but she was almost a breaking point at, at times. Mm. Unbelievable process we went through. One day I'll write about it, but for now I have to kind of keep stum about the details. Um, but my God, it was just the most phenomenal event and it totally changed the narrative in the UK. Um, and you know, that's what needs to happen in the U S something like that, an event, something where you can galvanize around. Um, but do note that it made the, the summit made no difference to the EU stuff because right. it was already done and dusted. It was yep. in November, 2013, the first summit. So what it did is it changed the narrative in terms of the way things are going to move forward from that point on. Um, what made the difference for EU was, a, was you know, I don't know how many people were, consumers were actually involved properly in aggregate, but it probably wasn't more than 500, really. Um, lots of people writing in, you know, submitting their, their responses. But in terms of the, you know, speaking to their politicians, you know, winning people around, having the discussions, it wasn't a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's, it's amazing what, what, what a relatively small group of people can do. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, but and I think that's great. But I don't put it this way. Um, if I called for a rally, say here in the state where I live, you know, let's educate uh, the media, the, the pot. Let's just let's call, let's have a rally. Let, let's go downtown. Let's go to the Capitol and rally and educate people about e-cigarettes. Um, there's got to be. Ah, oh, Jesus! Probably hundreds of thousands of people that vape here in this state. Maybe a hundred thousand people. So there's a lot. You know, yeah. people would show up. Probably three. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Three oh, people, that, if I got I lucky, would, would show up. Uh, that, but I think it, I think it would be the same in most European countries as well. It was just that it, it was it was Europe. But maybe the FDA maybe the FDA at some point needs to have a, a rally. But you, the, your issue is that your your country said bloody huge yeah you know it, it, it's not easy for people to travel across from every far-flung corner of the uh, of the union so you know we're a bit more fortunate that our parliament's kind of in the middle of europe um i would love to do what those vapors did a few years ago in dusseldorf how they just marched in the streets of dusseldorf and handed out pamphlets to people to educate them that was i, I mean i i cried when i watched that video it was phenomenal seeing that it was incredible um it was just well, that would never happen here. I wish it I've would, got, but it I've was, got to, I've got to tell you just quickly about my my friend Jerry. I I, I, I he um he runs uh, the Polish Trade Association. Uh-huh. They they have just put a, a pamphlet through um, one third, believe it or not, of all households in Poland explaining really? e cigarettes. How they do that? Uh, with a lot of well, not a lot of money, but they spent a lot of their money on it. So they just what mailed them to people's homes. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. When I get the time, I'm going to, I'm going to blog it properly, but, um, um, yeah, it, you know, so, so, so there are, there are kind of national things happening as well. Um, so state level things could happen. I mean, obviously California, there's some interesting things happening there. Um, but I, 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 I appreciate that. It's very hard to get people to, um, to take action, particularly when the message isn't clear as to what they're taking action for, you know. Uh, sometimes, it, and this is where I think the FDA has been been somewhat fortunate. 
that the deeming process for them is is not like uh, the Europeans, uh, you know, where there was a vote by by the entire parliament, you know, where everybody could watch this vote happening. That's not how the deeming proposal works. It's you know, it's behind closed doors. Right. The whole thing. In some respects, it's very much like the latter part. Once the uh, the vote had happened, it then went behind closed doors. Whereas the whole thing is behind closed doors with the FDA. Right. Um, and yeah, it's very hard to know how to get people sort of motivated when it's not clear what the sort of parameters of the battle are. Yeah. Well, all I know is in the next, I'd say, two to three months tops, our regulations will be coming out, our deeming regulations. We will see what happens, and then we can have a discussion once they come out about, uh, you know, because then we'll know, uh, which will be very interesting. Every, listen, and at the end of the day, I, I just, I just want to say I, I have my opinion. I was on Russ's show the other night. He has his opinion. Dimitri has his opinion. Everybody, nobody really knows. We have all our opinions. We're speculating. None of us really know until they come out. Um, and we'll know very, very shortly. And hopefully, hopefully I pray that it's not as uh, bad as it seems like it's going to be. But Oliver, I want to thank you. I want to thank you very much for coming on. You're a very, very busy man, and you took time out of your very busy schedule <laughs> to come on, which I greatly appreciate. Go to vaping.com and read Oliver's blogs. They're fantastic. He's a phenomenal writer, much better writer than I could ever be. I could never write a blog. I would just, I talk. I can't write. <laughs> Oliver has it all. He, he can discuss and he can write, but they're great blogs. And uh, of course, uh, ecf.com. Which well actually it's e cigarette e dash cigarette dash form dot com is yeah. the link which I it's know the most, the most unwieldy yeah. uh, <laughs> should maybe have moved it all onto vaping dot com well I, yeah well I know that because I have been going there for years so uh, and I will continue to go to ECF I love ECF it is the greatest largest biggest most active e cigarette form on the planet it always has been and always will be that is that there's no dispute. And thank you for uh, coming on, Oliver. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Let's do this again soon. Yes, we will. Absolutely. Okay, so that is the show. I want to thank again, Oliver, for coming on and doing the interview. I thought that was very nice of him to do. Ecigaretteforum.com is his website. Vaping.com is the website where you can find his blogs. And I do want to confirm that Lost Art E-Liquids will be coming on the show next week. So, they will be on the show. Dino and I will be talking with them, and they are ready to talk. I tell you, I've been emailing back and forth with them all day, and they've got a lot to say, so it should be interesting. They will be on the show next week. So, next Sunday, 9 o'clock p.m., Eastern Standard Time. We will see you then. Good night.